Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each week, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and on our website at ProChoiceOhio.org. The program also airs each Friday morning at 9 on WGRN 94.1 in Columbus, Ohio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL ProChoice Ohio. Enjoy the show! And we're live. Hooray. Uh, welcome back to the podcast where I am hosting. Uh, who are you? Who am I? Oh, yeah. I'm Kelly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Jamie. It's been a minute since yeah. I have hosted or been on the <laughs> podcast. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> uh, so uh, welcome back. We are going to mm-hmm. be talking about some terrible bills, you know, like we always do <laughs> on Day Rolls the Morning After. Yep. Uh, and uh, we're going to start with House Bill 297, um, which is a CPC tax credit bill. Um, it's changed into a couple of different iterations. So what's our, what's our most recent damage with this bill? (laughs) So yeah, so it's a 50% tax credit for individuals who donate money to fake women's health centers or CPCs. Um, and not a deduction, not a deduction, a full out credit. So if you donate $2,000 to one of these centers, you directly write off a thousand dollars from your state income taxes. So it's not like the deduction where you add up all of your charitable donations, a percentage of that comes off from, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like this is a direct write-off of your state taxes. So if I donate, if I work for one of these fake women's health centers and donate $2,000, I can get a thousand back of that? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. It seems ethical. (laughs) Or if you're, you know, like a state legislator who runs it, you can, you know, co-sponsor the bill like she did initially. Yeah. Lots of ethical things happening in Uh this this bill. So that, yeah. That's why it was nicknamed the, the Keller kickback bill mm-hmm. when it was introduced. Yes. And she got all sorts of crap from that, including from apparently quietly within her own caucus. Yeah. Well, the, no, she actually, so she actually had the wherewithal to think, oh, wait, this could be an ethical thing. So she went to like the ethics commission for the legislature and said, hey, what should I do about this? And they told her to like not vote on the bill, like mm-hmm. to abstain from voting on the bill so she heard that and went, okay, then it must be okay to co-sponsor it. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know how you have that conversation and somebody tells you don't vote on it and think, okay, then I'll co-sponsor. I think it's okay to co-sponsor it. Yeah. So um, it is now capped at $1,000 a year. Okay. It doesn't start until 2021. Which okay. it's, it's going to be almost all the donations to yeah. any of these. Yeah. It would be under $2,000 anyway. Nobody's donating five grand to a CPC well, I mean, on the regular. Some people are. Yeah, but like... I mean, what's his... Oh, shoot. I'm gonna, oh, Becker has now donated his... Because like, John Becker, one of our crazies who... Don't um, worry, we'll be talking we'll talk about, about him, him in a minute, too. But um, he decided that um, the state legislator d- didn't deserve their um, wage increase. And he's been very vocal about how he's been donating their raise to various organizations over the year, like monthly, and he's already given his raise to two CPCs. Um, oh, that's gross. Yeah. Oh, oh so, so he could get half of that back. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't deserve this raise. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. If he if he donated this amount uh-huh. of money to the 
CPC and then got half back from the state. He could then donate that to the CPC, get half back. <laughs> God, it'd be like a never ending. Yeah. Well, it would end because one of the other changes is that it will also what they call <laughs> sunset, which is go away and automatically in 2024 unless they renew it, which, you know, they would. So the sunset's not really a thing that's actually going to stay in place. And if you look, so Missouri has this already and it started out with a cap that then got raised a little bit more. And now as of I think next year, we'll have no cap. And it started out at like 30% and then went to 50%. And now it's 70% of the donation. Good Lord. So, you know, this, this won't end. Like they might've put some tighter controls on it now, but those tighter controls will just go away. Just in the same way that we went from no dedicated funding to a million dollars in the biennium to $7 million in the biennium for CPCs and the state budget. So, and, and that money uh, got added to the budget as this House Bill 297 was being introduced. So it really seems to be that uh, these anti-choicers, anti-abortion, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lobbyists and legislators, it's like they come up with some terrible idea. They get whacked in the news on it. Mm-hmm. And so then they come back like the very next week and it's like, well you know, you all trashed us for this idea over here. So we're going to let that one go. But now we're bringing this up mm-hmm. and they bring up, you know, whatever their plan B, uh, <laughs> what, whatever their other option is, that's the bill that moves forward. And it felt like this week, House Bill 297 getting that committee vote, you know, they've had some other things kind of fall off. Peggy Laner got, you know, called out on her garbage. So it's like, well, we need to pass something. How about that House Bill 297? Let's move that forward. Right. And I mean, that's how it's been for every abortion bill ever. It's like, oh, here's the ridiculous bill and here's a seemingly normal bill in comparison, but still terrible. And Mm -hmm. now we're at the bottom of the barrel of terrible bills. So they're all nuts. And just just a few months ago, (laughs) this was the awful idea that they were like, well, that's not going to move anywhere anytime soon. So let's add these yeah. millions of dollars into the budget for these, mm-hmm. you know, horrible organizations that yeah. lie to people. And speaking of the most recent nonsense of ridiculous bills, House Bill uh, four thirteen has been introduced. How many co-sponsors does it have? Eighteen. So it's got total twenty total supporters. Twenty total supporters, and this is a total ban that introduces an uh, a murder charge. Yeah. So it's basically performing or having a very clear important piece of this having an abortion or performing an abortion would be considered murder or aggravated murder under ohio's revised code and the punishments would be accordingly just like the punishments for murder or aggravated murder so ranging from 15 years to life in prison all the way up through the death penalty based on aggravating circumstances around the charges aren't there like additional things within this bill that even like go beyond the scope of ridiculous into just absurdity yes like within like a school zone yeah so it's it's the aggravating so like when you move to like an aggravated charge of whatever aggravated burglary aggravated murder that's a fun word to say over and over again (laughs) um the aggravation in the charge is a um uh 
doing it in a various ways. So doing it in a school zone is an aggra- <laughs> an aggravating circumstance. Um, doing it while committing arson is an aggravated <laughs> aggravating circumstance. Doing it while committing a burglary is an aggravated circumstance. So there are pieces of it that are create those aggravation the the aggravated part of the murder charge or the burglary charge or whatever. How many uh how many pages is this bill, Jamie? 723. I made it all the way to 463 today. I'm feeling very proud of myself. Why is it that long? Because every place where the Ohio Revised Code talks about aggravated murder or murder, they have to add extra words to that section of the code. So not only am I reading all of the abortion code in the Revised Code, I'm reading Ohio's entire criminal code. It's fabulously fun and very irritating. Our criminal justice system is completely messed up. Imagine that. Yeah. So who is the initial sponsor of this bill? It's Kenneth Keller. Oh, ain't that fancy. (laughs) And Ron Hood. Um, They were actually the duo that brought us the six-week ban Mm -hmm. um, when it finally got passed. So yes, the um, person who runs the CPC and Ron Hood, who is one of the, like I think, founding members of the Caveman Caucus. So yeah. Um, Yes. To is there an actual name of that, or is that is that what it's called in the state house? It it was <laughs> widely known for decades. Has been known as the Caveman Caucus. Oh, uh-huh. yes, oh. they are Captain Caveman. Oh my! I think we even <laughs> made a meme once of um, Lynn Watchman's face on Captain Caveman when he was the sponsor of one of the ridiculous abortion bans. Yeah, I'll be honest. I know what Captain Caveman is. I can assure you that a good portion of our audience is not. probably not. We'll have to put a picture. Well, maybe Gabe will find that picture of Lynn Watchman as Captain Caveman and put it in the show notes. <laughs> Captain <laughs> Caveman! Right. I think it's offensive to cavemen personally. It, it, it really is. Most definitely. Uh, so so this bill, <laughs> it it's coming up with, you know, with, with 700 pages and rewriting criminal code and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the first instinct of a lot of people is, oh, this isn't something that's going to pass. Jokes or, on or, you. Or move right <laughs> at this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it seems to, uh, to many of us that the reason why they would push it forward isn't so much, Hey, let's move this bill and try and get this passed. I mean, it's 20 legislators, which is one fifth of the house of representatives, mm-hmm. but they don't have a majority right now. So what they're gaining in the meantime is headlines about abortion and murder together, which yes. people, just read those words and then it applies that label in their mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do we, how do we combat the fact that these bills aren't actual like serious legislation right now? They're just attempts at shifting messaging. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are definitely attempts at shifting messaging, but we also saw with the six week ban pieces, not the ban part, but pieces of the overall legislation make their way into other bills. So like in one of the budget bills, I think in 15, they added all of the, you have to like do an ultrasound to look for the heartbeat and give all of the bias information about what finding fetal heart tones on an ultrasound means for the viability of the pregnancy and all that stuff. So they took a whole chunk of the uninformed consent part of the six week ban and passed it separately. So you know, I think it's definitely a messaging bill, and I think it's definitely something to look out for, them taking small chunks of it or ideas from it and passing it again as less extreme bills under the cover of this crazy extreme bill here. And, of course, eventually we'll get there because 
in 2011 were like, oh, they won't pass this. And they didn't in 2011. They right. did in 2019 with the six-week ban. So, And know. I mean, it already has chunks of other bills. We see House Bill 182, Becker's ectopic pregnancy <laughs> bill. Yes. into this one so mm-hmm. yeah so there are science fiction there is one exception for the pregnant individual not being charged that is that the pregnant individual was coerced forced or otherwise pushed into having the abortion against their will and they file a written police report to that effect um, is the only exception for the pregnant individual and then there's an exception and that's actually what they call an affirmative defense exception so it's like um it's in the same category in law of self-defense um for a reason to injure or kill someone like you can still be charged for it but your defense against it was well i was forced to do it so you should find me not guilty because of that piece so it's not even a like she can't be charged as she was forced she can still be charged she can just raise that as an affirmative defense in her on her behalf in the trial. Cool. And then um, the physician exception is super weird and interesting too. So it has the ectopic pregnancy piece in it, but it actually requires a doctor to requires a doctor to do three things. The woman, the person has to be, and the, the bill is actually a woman. That's why I slip in the gendered terms all the time when I talk about legislation, because it's all pregnant woman, pregnant woman, pregnant woman. The law is not written gender neutral. Um, but that the doctor has to diagnose the female patient in the bill um, with a certain fatal condition. So it can't be a, well, you might die. It has to be a, you will certainly die. That's not really how medicine works. No, it's not. Um, that the, the, that's number one. They had to do all three. This is not an or, it's an and. So they have to, they had to diagnose her first. And then they have to do surgery to correct that certain fatal condition, even if surgery is not indicated as a cure for said fatal condition uh, okay and then three they have to do everything in their power to preserve the life of the fetus and then the life of the patient it's in that order um <coughs> including and this is where the ectopic including transplanting an ectopic pregnancy from the fallopian tube into the uterus which is again not a thing if applicable if applicable um Jeez Louise. But what's really super interesting, and I actually cleared this with a lawyer because I was like, am I reading this wrong? That is an exception for the physician only. <laughs> so if you're the patient and the doctor does all these things and there's still an abortion, you are still capable of being charged for murder under this bill because the pregnant person isn't included in that exception cool yeah this is a very well written and thought out bill uh-huh it's not it's not no. i just want to clarify that it is absolutely not <laughs> but it, it's something that they did spend a, a, an enormous amount of time on in the face they of got paid to do this guys mm-hmm. by us <laughs> yeah yay taxpayers right so yeah i mean it's definitely very detailed i mean it's not but bad but it's not scientifically well thought out, but it is thought out. Sure. Like they were very meticulous in how they wrote this and how they put it together to be as dangerous as possible for people in Ohio. Yeah. I don't have anything pithy to say. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 
I mean, it brings us into, though, the next thing we want to talk about, which is yeah. actually... But uh, his emails. But his emails. Um, so, Barry Sheets, if you are, are a watcher of committee <laughs> hearings... If you are a watcher of committee hearings... Um, you've seen Barry a few times. You've seen Barry a couple of times. He's one of <sighs> Gabe and my favorite witnesses. I mean, we don't even... like. We're not even limited to seeing him with regards to anti-choice legislation. He's just, like, all around for morality policing for other people mm-hmm. his llc is actually principled policy consulting Ugh. yeah i so. need a shower now thanks <laughs> yeah so he um what's interesting is this whole ectopic pregnancy idea came from mr barry sheets not right. let's make it very clear not dr barry sheets mr, mr. barry sheets with zero medical training. It's very short for anything barreled or something. I, don't I know. have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hit. <laughs> I, so I know we're discussing policy here. His beard has really gotten out of hand. <laughs> it has grown. It, I will. It, and and I will say this as probably one of the few people in the state of Ohio who um, think this thing. It 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 reminds me of lebron's ever growing beard that drove me crazy so they are not in the same category because lebron is amazing and awesome and barry sheets is horrible but like the ever growing beard just cut it I'm not it'll here to grow po- back i'm not here to police beards policy's bad enough <laughs> yeah uh so yeah he uh in 2007 he led the charge against lap dances in the state of ohio yes uh which stormy you know, daniels has benefited from uh, yeah. the the thing that the police tried to charge her with was the law that was passed uh, at the urging of his lobbying effort yes. in 2007. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it was one of this my is so Barry Sheets has cost us a lot of money is what uh-huh. I'm trying to say. Yes, been an incredibly vocal opponent of marriage equality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and anything that's really gross and nasty that you think of as like a Mike Huckabee point of view at the national level. Yeah, Barry Sheets is you know, laying that on here mm-hmm. in the state of Ohio. Yeah. So, so including, yeah. including this idea mm-hmm. of why Where don't they just transplant the ectopic pregnancy? There is one study from 1917 and another study. That's where I get my medicine. Yeah. And another study from <laughs> like <your> leeches. <laughs> 1988, both of which were like a single case study. Of Am I wrong? Something. In, Am I wrong in remembering that that is before the, uh, discovery of penicillin. I'm just wondering. <laughs> it's right around that same. I feel like that's right. I'm, I would have to Google that to be sure, but I'm not. But that sounds. Nobody about. wants some 1917 medicine. No. Well, and that's the most hilarious yeah. part is I guess. So, you know, there's a whole series of emails that an organization called Equity Forward had gotten from a public records request kind of detailing out Barry Sheets's involvement in the drafting of 182, which is Becker talked about earlier. So an insurance ban that was the first time we saw this um saw this ectopic pregnancy ridiculousness and so <coughs> yeah i stopped doing it and then you did it 1928 there you penicillin, go so yeah so this person that they tried to experiment on was before penicillin yes um so so in their back and forth emails like when somebody asked Becker about like there only being two case studies and it not being an actual thing, Becker's response was, well, maybe if, if this isn't true, then they should retract that study. 
And I'm like, it's not a study. It is one individual case. And it's from 1917. There's probably a lot of crap from medical journals <laughs> in 1917 that we don't do anymore that no. we haven't retracted. Like, I'm pretty sure we just don't like cut into people and let them bleed out infections any longer like we did in the 1900s. Like, let's let's just like revisit uh, ethics like we were in the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. I mean, we have, well some of the medical establishment has stopped calling women hysterical and actually diagnosed mental illnesses. Like medicine has evolved and you don't retract every study that isn't relevant any longer, dude. And that's not how medicine works, but he doesn't understand how medicine works. So whatever. Right. Wow. Doesn't want to understand. No, he doesn't want to. He, I mean, he didn't look into it. Even when somebody, people asked him questions, they didn't like, he didn't like look into it. He was just like, well, I was told this thing and it must be true. So here, like he hadn't even read the two studies, didn't know about the two studies until a reporter asked him about it and he had to go look at them. And that was when he got defensive and it's like, well, they should retract them. They're not true. I'm like that's not how Sir, it, it is from 1917. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if he wants he was... to get all of his medicine in the frame of what medicine existed in 1917, he is more than happy to do it. I prefer modern medicine. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 another instance where even though abortion is a safe procedure here, let's talk about something that wouldn't be safe. And even though it's a separate idea, experiments, it, hmm. it gets blurred in the headlines. Yeah. So and it becomes what everybody's talking about. I mean, when you the way you were talking about it earlier, you know, it's how, how many calls have we gotten like with questions about the ectopic pregnancy bill? I'm like, that's not actually what it is. But OK, right. So it's also kind of a distraction away from like what the real attacks are. Right. But, you know, USA Today, Washington Post, Cosmopolitan Magazine, Bustle, Jezebel, all of the papers in Ohio, they're carrying that story. Yeah. You know, Ohio legislator has, uh, you know, ridiculous ideas about abortion. And so then people just. Just one. <clears throat> you know, they're they're not <laughs> sure if abortion is still legal because they mm-hmm. saw that DeWine signed his ban and and you know, now you've got all of these flashy headlines with dangerous ideas and it starts to confuse people. That's their goal. Yeah. It is interesting that Mike DeWine has not come out and said that he would sign the total ban. He's kind of been avoiding answering that question. Mm-hmm. I mean he also hasn't said he wouldn't, but No, that's yeah. true, but <laughs> He did sign the the six week ban and has signed would be happy to sign any other ban. So mm-hmm. I'm just surprised he hasn't really commented on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think even he, I mean, in the same way that Kasich continuously, you know, spoke about the six week ban being bad. You know, I think it's another way for him to not look extreme. I think actually the does quote, he care? Like honestly, the quote that I think it was in the clips you pulled today where like something was like, you know, a lot of people think this, this bill is next extreme and Ohio isn't that extreme or something like he even tried to play the, you know, we're not, we're going to be pro-life, but we're not that extreme pro-life. I'm like, yes, you are dude. Mm. Like a six week abortion ban is basically a total abortion ban. Right. Like it, what you signed into law might not have this ridiculously stupid, completely inaccurate piece about ectopic pregnancy, but it will still kill people because it doesn't have a broad enough health and life exemption to actually protect the health and life of pregnant people. Right. Like what you signed was pretty damn extreme. Am I allowed to say that word? Yes, that is one of the few. Yay. And so like you can't get out of like saying you're not extreme because you are. Well, all right. Uh, so continuing in the vein of ethics and experiments, 
I don't know why that's the theme of the day. Um, <laughs> because Republicans make it the theme of the day. Right. So we've been talking about Senate Bill 155 that Peggy Lehner introduced, which is the um, misinformation bill uh, for patients who are seeking the abortion, medication abortion. Um, and there was lots of citing or not citing of studies because it was not ethical to do like studies on patients um, who are seeking abortion care and whatever. Uh, but there actually was a, a study out at UC Davis that was um, in the process of happening that would test the abortion pill reversal regimen mm-hmm. that was recommended. Uh, and it ended early. Surprise. Yeah. So, so for people who don't understand medical research <laughs> jamie has <laughs> done lots of things that are medical research <laughs> official like medical um trials for all drugs cancer drugs all the birth control pills everything go through the fda and they have very very specific standards for how you can go about doing them what these experiments look like consent processes and all of those things so yes yeah, so a researcher at uc davis unlike all of the quote-unquote research that was presented by proponents of the bill when they were talking about it who didn't go through this process none of this was ever fda approved none of it was ever under any kind of scientific rigor control or anything this researcher at uc davis did go through the fda fda process and get an official like clinical trial approved to run with patients seeking surgical abortion care so somebody who has already decided that they want to terminate their pregnancy and so after a consent process about how everything would work and laying out all of the information so that person could make a informed decision about whether they wanted to participate in this trial or not, hence ethics, um, they were given the first pill of the medication abortion regimen and then either a placebo or a high dose of, of progesterone, which is their the reversal that they say will work. In the biggest of air quotes. Yes. and um, And then they would look and see whether pregnancies continued in the progesterone group and ended in the placebo group. Um, They wanted to, I think, enroll like 30 or 40 patients. They stopped after 12. Yeah, something like that. Um, And um, they stopped because three of those 12 were emergency transported to hospitals for hemorrhaging. So bleeding. Yep. Excessive bleeding. Yep. So, you know, my, my tweet on that was hashtag we told you so Peggy because we had told her over and over again that this was, you know, definitely not approved and potentially unsafe. And now we have confirmation that 25% of the people that went through this clinical trial did have very bad effects from this quote unquote treatment. Which is not to say that medication abortion is unsafe because oh, it's not. not. It, is, no. it is a very safe regimen. Uh, has less complication procedures than you know birth. Yes. Um, but, but but these people weren't getting the full me- regimen. Yeah. Yeah. The, they weren't getting a medication abortion. They, they were, were getting, getting half of a medication abortion. They were getting the mifeprex only. Right. So, you know, it it would be equally uh, a problem if you went to your oral surgeon and got half a root canal. I don't like that. Don't. Why'd you say that? Well, that's <laughs> the truth. That's that's, that's that's all you think about. You again. know, and and so. A right to life it's like well this shows that medication abortion is unsafe but it's not half of a procedure right it's not safe is not safe yeah not following the full regimen you gotta is not safe. get the procedure yes. and you know and so they're they're using it to 
change the headlines. Uh, they're using it to try and paint something that is safe as unsafe. Um, and they're continuing this idea that uh, people who get abortions, who actually, you know, uh, schedule the appointment and go for the first procedure uh, or for the first consult with the doctor and then come back after a 24-hour waiting period and pay all this money and go through all this, that somehow, even though they've taken all of that responsibility uh, to to obtain this medical care, that somehow they still need time to think about it, that they're undecided, that this is a difficult decision for them. Mm-hmm. And we we know that it's not. Um, but this bill kind of adds in, well, they might, they might be undecided about this even after they've already jumped through all the other hoops. Yes. Um, and so that, you know, they're, they're continuing to try to use this as another way of making it seem like, oh, this is a difficult decision and Mm -hmm. we need to regulate it some more. Yeah. We don't. Well, and the research is actually, the one thing research is solid on is that decisional certainty among people having abortions is really high. Mm -hmm. And that when you look at people who don't have high decisional certainty about having an abortion, they're way more likely to believe lies told by anti-abortion groups and people about abortion. So they're more likely to believe that abortion has all of these side effects and is super dangerous and you're going to get breast cancer and be infertile and blah, blah, blah. And that, so there are a lot more like, so like the more lies that these groups introduce into the conversation, the more uncertain people become because they have confused the situation, not because she doesn't know that this is the best decision for them to make. It's just that they have confused and muddied the water so much that people don't know what to believe. Right. And they just do it over and over and over again with all of these bills. So, uh, and then we legislate on it. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. But this study should, should be the end of Senate Bill 155. I mean, I, mean, I agree and I hope so. <laughs> that, that was Peggy Laner's first, Senator Laner's first question uh, to Dr. Anita Samani mm-hmm. in the hearing was, are there any studies that show that this is dangerous? Uh, and Dr. Samani, you know, she answered the question, but now... The answer is yes. You know, and, and I, I think Dr. Samani pointed to, you know, some people who had looked into it. Now we actually have somebody who's, uh, you know, attempted to complete a clinical trial with patients mm-hmm. actually going through with this prescribed procedure. Mm-hmm. And it was not shown to be safe. That was Senator Laner's question is, do you have any studies that show that this is unsafe? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask her. Now that we have a study that it's unsafe, will you retract your support of the bill? Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll Go see. get her. Go get her. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it is really important because we haven't talked about this um, on the podcast yet either, um, that some of our legislators are fighting back. Um, so um, Representative Allison Russo and um, Dr. Beth Liston, Representative Dr. Beth Liston. I, don't know, I never know which way to like put those two things together how you do double (laughs) titles or maybe it should just be representative liston md MD. um but that's weird to say out loud professor doctor yeah so um they actually introduced a bill in the ohio house that would exempt medical professionals from having to give medically inaccurate information to their patients or do procedures that are not safe for the patient also conversely allows doctors, even if a law forbids it, to give 
medically accurate information about various things and provide medical care that is appropriate, even if illegal. So it would actually keep abortion legal if they outlawed it at some point. It will not actually go anywhere because it's two Democrats, but it's a really good bill fighting back on not only this, but a bunch of other bills in the state legislature that are, you know, definitely attacking actual science and actually how things work. I really like Dr. Liston and Representative Russo. There's good, good Democrats, good, good representatives. Happy to have them in the state house. Yeah, they're definitely two very caring and very detail oriented and really want things to you know be based on fact and logic, which good freshman legislators uh-huh. to add to the health health uh, and human yes. services committee. Yes, they were very, very helpful there. Mm-hmm. So, yay. so uh, that's all we have for this week, other than like the slatter of events we're closing the year with. What you up to, Kelly? Uh, oh my gosh, so many things. <laughs> uh, tonight, I'm in Cincinnati. I have to leave immediately. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, next Thursday, we're having a holiday debate watch and chill party. I'm going to put together a hot chocolate bar and wear my pajamas, so come hang out with me. <laughs> um, and you can wear your comfy clothes. Yeah, or not, I guess. Yes. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to wear pajamas. I'm going to wear an outfit that's just all starched clothes. That sounds the least comfortable, but that does also seem very on brand for you. Or not on the uh, comfy clothes. (laughs) I think what you really need is like 1950s dad's dad pajamas, starched and pressed. What he needs is a Dickensian pajamas with a nightcap. Oh yeah, that'd be perfect. Get off my lawn. Uh, And so that's the humbug. (laughs) That's the last. Also on brand. You boy, what day is it? It's Christmas Day. (laughs) No, it's not. It's the debate watch. I haven't missed it. <laughs> anyway, that's what we're ending the year with. Uh-huh. Um, but we're going to be coming back at the end of January with just a, a whole bunch of things. There is a kick-ass uh, music festival basically happening in uh, Cleveland, well, in Lakewood specifically. Row, yeah, it's a Midwest fest to protect abortion. There's like twelve bands that are ha- like mm-hmm. performing. Row, yeah. Row, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hannah, Hannah up in Cleveland has yes. been working her butt off to make oh, this for happen. Sure. It's oh, yes. really impressive. So yeah. way to go. Um, we're bringing back the Melt Stigma series in Central and Southern Ohio. So you can check that out January 21st through 23rd at Easton Dayton in the Short North location. Mm-hmm. And the 24th, uh, we're pairing with Evolved Body Art to, and uh, and Melt Bar and Grill. So you can get a grilled cheese tattoo or whatever tattoo you want. Mm-hmm. So just as long as you mention NARAL, 25% of any tattoo piercing or merch you purchase kicks back to us which is pretty cool and then there's a whole bunch of things happening on the 25th of january yet to be determined but there's at least three events that day so cool keep your ears open yeah okay bye. bye bye